Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and we have episode 217 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 6th of 2019. Happy New Year! I talked about a few of the things that Kim and I have been playing lately, Fireball Island, Curse of Valkar, also Endeavor Age of Sail. Of course, I also talked about a few of the things that we I want to play, and we also talk about basically this being Season 2, so hey, welcome to Season 2, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome back to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are currently on episode 217 of the podcast. I guess you could say we are starting season two at episode 217 here. Um, We took a little break with everything from the site. Uh, Towards the end of 2018, Kim had a few health issues that we are working through. I started a new job shortly after the last episode was recorded. And so towards the end of the year, things kind of just got crazy for us. Uh, So that's why we really hadn't been doing any videos. Um, I really haven't had a much chance or much time to actually record a podcast. So now that we have a new year here, we're actually starting to get some more gaming under our belt. We have a few videos actually planned. Some of the games that I'm going to be talking about on this podcast here, episode 217, we're actually going to be filming probably in the upcoming week um, to hopefully get out to our YouTube channel and out to the website here very shortly. So the website has not gone away. The podcast is not dead. Uh, like I said, pretty much life just kind of called and we just had to answer the door and sit down with life, have a little talk with it, make sure he was in or he, you know, he, she life was in order before we continued on with everything else. And now that everything seems to be good, um, we are going to get back to the old grind and carry on here with things at what I'm playing now. So to begin the episode, you know what to do. Send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. We also have a board game geek guild that we're going to try to definitely start posting more in in 2019. Uh, Yes, it is 2019. That guild number, though, is 2440. Twitter and Instagram at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always said. Our Instagram, Kim, has definitely built up a really good following. She's gotten us over 700 followers right now, so that is great. Um, on Facebook, you could just do a search for what I'm playing now on Twitch. We are twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. So that's about it for the introductions for our whip and update. And we're going to jump into what I'm playing now or what I've been playing recently. Uh, Kim and I picked up Fireball Island, the curse of Volcar. Probably shortly before we went on hiatus, uh, we picked up the Kickstarter edition from down at our friendly local game store, and we pretty much went all in on it. We pretty much bought everything you could other than the painted miniatures, which I wish I would have gotten at that time because Kim kind of wanted them, and I wish we kind of did have them when we are doing the filming, but I really haven't been able to find them right now for a, for a good price. So I'm going to keep looking around, but I don't think we will probably have those in before we actually do the filming for Fireball Island, The Curse of Volcar. But I will say, at, at first, my first playthrough with this game, when we just did the base game, um, because we bought all the expansions and, you know, hey, we got the upgraded marbles and all this other stuff. And um, my first playthrough of the game, I was like, uh, okay, this is okay. And Kim was like, Kim liked it. 
But, you know, she didn't love it, I guess we could say. So then we went through and we th- said, you know, the second time we play through, let's throw in all the expansions. So we we opened up every deck of cards we have, opened up every box and pretty much threw everything, including the kitchen sink and the damn game. And I will say, we played a couple of games now with everything in the game, all the expansions and everything. And that is definitely the way to go. The base game of Fireball Island is nice. It's fun. It would definitely be something probably for younger kids. But for for gamers like what we are, we of course we wanted something a little bit more than that. And I have to say, the the all of the expansions definitely just turn the game into into a whole a whole different game, especially when you're playing with some of the cards that have a lot of take that to it. Kim and I love those types of games. You know, we don't hate that type of stuff. You know, we don't mind, you know, trying to mess with each other while we're playing a game. We're completely fine with doing that. It's it's a lot of the games, it's all part of it. And we're completely fine with it. And it works for us. If it doesn't work for you, we completely understand that. And then you definitely don't want to add in all of those expansions and don't play with those things. And once we did, and once we got into those different things and we were stopping each other from moving, moving, we were able to play cards and, and some of the cards where you're able to maybe move somebody three spots back. And there was one time where Kim was, Kim had a movement card that let her move four. And then every treasure she went by, she was able to pick up, you know, instead of just picking up one treasure like you normally can. Well, I had moved her back three spaces with one of the cards that I had. And that completely messed her up because she was now more than four spaces away from getting to those treasures, which completely messed up what she was trying to do. We are messing with each other as we're trying to get to that helicopter towards the end of the game. I'm flicking the boulder all over the place and she's doing, you know, some of the fireballs down to me. And it it definitely, definitely turns that game into something that was fun, into something that was super enjoyable. And we're like, okay. Now we really like the game. The game definitely went from a good game to to kind of like a great game. There's a few things that um, I have to say, little, or, you know, that, that that they could clean up in maybe a second printing or a second edition of that if Restoration Games does that. Uh, some of the some of the iconography on the board, especially when it comes to um, like the snakes, where you put the snake um, mar- marbles, some of that stuff is really hard to see. Some of those indents really. We we were searching. One of one of ours doesn't even have a snake symbol next to it. You know, next to where the indent is, where the marble goes, and you know, we were looking. We're like, well, maybe we just can't see it. And we're like, no, it's just kind of missing. So there's there's a few things that they could clean up board wise, but other than that, I think they did a really good job. I know now this is this is a uh, game from you know the eighties and stuff, and I I talk about. The, the collection I have from when I was growing up, I still have a lot of older games from 70s and 80s. This is a game, though, that I did not have in my collection um, back in the original um, playthrough when, when the game was first released. Uh, I did not have that original, you know, Fireball Island game. So I wasn't really too sure how how the Curse of Volcar was going to be. But, you know, I, I definitely like that it's not a roll and move. You have the cards that have a movement action on there, kind of like what Restoration Games did with Stop Thief. It has a movement action, you know, a movement ability on there, and then some sort of action on the bottom of the card that you don't necessarily have to do if you don't want to. The action is optional, you know, and there's times where we're playing through the game and Kim and I are looking at each other and we could be playing maybe the bees card. We move so many spaces and then 
dropped a couple bees down into Volcar, you know, and depending on where Volcar is facing, you know, your character could be by, you know, an opponent and you really don't want to do that. So, you know, there's a lot of times where we are skipping a lot of the, a lot of some of the, some of the abilities that are on the bottom half of the card, you know, because you don't want to try, you don't want to mess up your own, you know, movement and which can get, um, you know, sometimes very tricky depending on the cards you're drawn. And since we're playing with all of the expansions, all of our decks of cards have definitely grown from just that initial, you know, small deck of cards that you start off with. And one of the things I was worried about when we started adding in all of the expansions, when we just literally added every extra card in you could to the game, I was thinking we're never going to see all of these types of cards and we're never going to experience everything. And, you know, but surprisingly through the game, even because we're playing a two player game. So each of us controls, you know, two characters. So we're essentially playing a four character game. We're going through that action deck quite a bit. And I have to say, we're seeing a good mixture of cards from all of the expansions, from all the base sets and, and playing with everything is definitely for us. It's definitely the way to go. If you have just the base set and don't have the expansions, definitely look into trying those out. I would say probably for the cost, it's probably not going to hurt you to just go get them. Uh, but I have a feeling most of the people that probably went in on this game probably did go all in and get all the expansions and everything. But I have to say, I do like everything that was added to the game in the expansions. It definitely just opens up the game and it gives you so many different opportunities than just flicking ember marbles down at people. Um, getting to try to do the tiger is an extremely tricky dexterity game within itself. The bees, like I said, are really interesting. The snakes, um, you know, and all the different ability, you know, all the different abilities that these, these different, you know, things have are really interesting. You know, when you get stung by the bee, if the, the bee is next to you, you, um, your next movement is halved. Um, with the snakes, if you get a poison token on you, instead of playing a card from your hand, you're basically taking a card from the top deck of the action deck. So there's a lot of different things that can happen kind of in the game. Um, even when you're playing with a separate island where kind of like the, the ship is, you know, getting all of those crystals is something that's really interesting because each crystal is worth two points at the end of the game, or you can turn one into the maw to give you an additional action on your turn. And Kim and I found that as we're playing through the game, when it's closer to the end of the game, that's definitely very helpful because it's going to help you try to get to that helicopter if somebody makes it to there much earlier in the game than you really want them to be, um, as you're still trying to run around getting some of the snapshots that's needed before you could get to the helicopter. So Definitely look at Fireball Island if you have not seen this one. It was on Kickstarter. Uh, you should be able to find it in most of your friendly local game stores now. Um, but I will have to say, like I said, my first playthrough, I wasn't sure about this. But after adding in everything, Restoration Games did another great job with another remake of a game. And I have to say, they are just knocking it out of the park. And I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do here in 2019 and what they're going to announce this year as far as what's coming up next. I'm pretty stoked about that. So we'll have to wait and see what they have coming down the pike. All right, after that, we're going to play through, um, Kim and I have been playing through another game that we got through Kickstarter, and that is Endeavor Age of Sail. I've talked about this one probably a little bit in the past. Um, I believe we talked about it on a previous podcast, probably after Origins, which is where I first played this one. Mark Spector over at the Grand Gamers Guild hooked us up with some of the people from Tantrum House, and we were able to play a great game of 
um, of Endeavor Age of Sale at Origins, and we really enjoyed it. And back then it was kind of like a prototype copy that we were playing. But back then, even at that time, the boards and most of what we were playing with were really, really good looking. And I have to say, wow, did they knock this one out of the park as far as table presentation. Uh, First of all, both of these games that I'm talking about, hopefully you have a large, large gaming table to play on because both of these games are just table killers. When you play with everything under the sun in Fireball Island, that was one thing I forgot to mention. Wow, it takes up a lot of space. When you play Endeavor, Age of Sail, the board isn't that bad, but the player boards themselves are just huge because you have the large tracks that you're trying to move through um, and and better yourself on in as you're playing through the game. And those player boards alone are just going to take up quite a bit of space, especially if you get multiple people around the table. So you definitely need a big, a big, big table when playing Endeavor Age of Sail as well. Kim and I tried to play Endeavor on one of our smaller tables um, while we left up Fireball Island set up so we could maybe do a video. And we found out that when we set up this smaller table and tried to play Endeavor on it, it just, there was no way. We pulled out the board, we pulled out the player boards, and there was pretty much no room for anything else on this table. And we were kind of just laughing like, okay, I guess we're just going to have to wait till we clear off Fireball Island from the table before we play this again. But we've gotten in multiple games of Age of Sail. Um, and we've played it multiple different ways as well. I think it's kind of interesting that you can do this. The first game we played through, we didn't use a dummy... Um, kind of like third player. We just strictly played two players. And the game played good, but it just, the the board just wasn't tight enough, even on the two, the two to three player side of the board. So we added in that extra NPC character that whenever, whatever action you're taking, they're doing a similar action, but you kind of get to choose where they're doing that action. So you can help yourself or possibly hinder your opponent with this NPC player because each of you is getting to control them on your turn. So that really opens up the game for a whole different set of strategy in your thinking as you're going through the game because you have to watch where where you're placing their tokens on the board because one minute you could be trying to help yourself, the next minute it could be screwing you because your opponent could come in and possibly fill up one of the one of the lines and and get a control of the governor card. So you really need to watch where you're playing that uh, third NPC character. I definitely like to play this down at the local game store and get in a true uh, four, three to four player game using the exploits that come with the game. The exploits are the only thing we have not played with yet, and that is definitely going to be uh, the next item that we add into the game. Uh, we played, like I said, we've already played multiple games with just the two of us using the NPC character and everything. We have a really good feel for the game. We didn't want to add in the exploits yet, but I think we're to the point where we're ready to add those in. So we're really looking forward to playing that game next. But Endeavor definitely, like I said, looks great at the table. Endeavor is, I would say, it's it's not that difficult to learn of a game. It really wasn't that hard for us to learn it. And it actually, once you get get a feel for the game, you can easily probably knock out a game in well well within, you know, an hour, I would say, just maybe a little over an hour. Um, Kim and I have probably got our games down to about that much. And I'm sure when we do our recording, we're going to probably spend a lot longer on the game. I might go through a little bit of a tutorial, and we're going to show you some different things. And we usually, 
are talking a lot during our video. So I'm guessing that our video will definitely be over that. But uh, one of the last games we played, we definitely had it just probably over an hour. So it's not like it's that long of a game. The game only lasts seven rounds. So, but there's so much that can happen within those seven rounds. And it's, it very quickly builds up as you're going through all of the different rounds and the phases of the game. So Endeavor is another one that was, I had, I had really looked, wanted to look forward to the game. I had never played the actual first version version of it. So when we backed the Kickstarter, uh, that was actually before we had met Mark uh, at, at Origins and actually got to know him some, but it was, it looked like a really cool game. And I have to say, they did an excellent job with it. Um, I'm, I, I actually wouldn't mind maybe trying the first version of Endeavor just to try to see what all the differences are between the two. I've seen a couple of people do videos and talk about that, but it would be nice to just maybe experience that for myself just so I kind of know what they are. It would just be kind of cool to see. Um, I don't know if anybody down at my friendly local game store actually has a copy of the first Endeavor. There may be somebody. There's there's a couple of guys down there that have a lot of older style, old, older games, and they have some really good collections down there. So I could probably find somebody, but maybe we can find somebody, bring both copies in one night, or I could bring my copy and they could bring in the original and we play both in one night. I think that'd be kind of cool. So Endeavor Age of Sail is another game that Kim and I have been spending quite a bit of time with. Um, within the past couple of weeks that we've gotten back into gaming. And um, again, this is a favorite of both of ours. Kim really enjoys Endeavor, and I like when she really enjoys a game because that just means we can get it to the table that much more. So we're going to keep this episode short this week. That's all we're going to talk about as far as um, what we're playing. Now, I played a few other games during the break and between since the last podcast that I recorded, but I'm not going to go into those right now. We'll maybe save those for a future episode. I kind of just wanted to get one out here on this Sunday like I normally used to, and we're going to try to continue that going into the weeks forward into 2019. But let's talk about a few of the things that I would like to play. Uh, one of the things I've been looking at lately, uh, besides some of the other bigger Kickstarters that have been going on recently, Folklore the Affliction is a kind of dungeon-style game that has a really nice storytelling component to it, it looks like. Um, I've really been looking at this game, and it's, for some reason it's just caught my eye. I think it's the whole horror aspect of the game. just looks really interesting. I've read some really good things about it. Uh, I think this is a game I'm going to be adding to my collection here very shortly. So maybe I will be doing some solo playthroughs of that game. Um, but it, from what I can tell so far, it looks like they had a couple of very successful Kickstarters. And on their website, you can actually still get some of the first edition Kickstarter bundles, kind of like. And they're discounted, actually, at a pretty decent rate right now, it looks like. Um, probably much cheaper than you can get it at a retail. They also have an upgrade kit to take it to some of the second edition of rules to clean up some of the cards and everything, so... Um, I may look into getting one of those bundles. One of the other things that um, I've can't remember if I talked about this in a previous podcast or not that I kind of wanted to start playing a little bit, um, but we haven't had a chance to learn. And it's going to be one of the things we um, maybe start playing around with is uh, Keyforge Call of the Archons. Uh, this is Richard Garfield's next card game. And I had been kind of wanting to try this game out. It looks really interesting. It's not like Magic or any of the other games that he's come up with. This one seems to be more of a of a resource collection engine builder style of game, which as far as card game goes, sounds very interesting to me. 
and I'm trying to just convince Kim this isn't a game where you're just trying to kill monsters on the table or just go after each other. You're really, there's a whole other type of strategy to the game outside of that, um, which is what the, the game is based around. So the owner, Jim, down at Recess, our friend the local game store, gave me a couple of the starter decks that comes in um, that he had. So uh, we're going to try to sit down and learn that and actually see how it is and then maybe buy a couple of decks um, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see if we we're going to do a video for that one or not. We might. Um, I will have to see how much Kim enjoys it before we actually do a video for another card game like that. But um, those are a couple of the things that I have been on my radar recently that I've wanted to play. Um, we also have other Kickstarters here at the house that we've received recently that we're going to be doing videos for. So as we start playing those, we will I will start talking about those on the podcast as well. But other than that, I think we're going to call it for this episode. Um, hopefully, you um, will continue to join us in our season two of what I'm playing now here is what we're going to call it. Um, I'm going to have to start getting the word back out that I am publishing the podcast again so people know um, if they've deleted us from their feeds to re-add us. So if there is anybody that you can think of that you can tell that we're back, please let them know. Um, I would definitely appreciate that. Going to see maybe about getting Eric back on the show as a co-host on some of the episodes. And of course, I may start working on um, maybe getting some more um, interview set up going into 2019. I'm sure we could probably do some of that as well. So there's a couple things planned. We're going to take everything nice and casual like and see what happens and just go from there. But um, hey, thank you for joining me this week as always. You can send your email to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Let me know what you're playing. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek, guild number 2440 over there. Twitter and Instagram, don't forget to give us a follow there. Definitely more active on Instagram um, since we post a lot of the pictures of the stuff that we're currently playing. So both of those are at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Twitch is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And YouTube will be youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. But until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming. Go out there, play some games. And don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Until then, everybody, you have a great week gaming. And we will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.